We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Week 13 show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine here with two of PFF's best, Tyler Beaker. And I don't know who this guy is. It's it's like he's got a, a stash of shame because he's talked so much about Kareem Hunt, Scott Barrett. Uh, Scott, we are we are forbidden uh, to speak Kareem Hunt's name for the rest of the show once you're done in complete agreement with you. Uh, I was hoping uh, touting Julio Jones as my stud would save me, but nope. Uh, I also recommended Kenny Stills that pushed it over the edge. Uh, we could talk about process. Process doesn't pay the bills. Kareem Hunt tanked a bunch of my lineups last week. I will never tout him again, and this is my punishment. In before 150 and two touchdowns this week, somehow in a bad matchup, uh, <laughs> Tyler. Course. So like Tyler, you got to come up with something, my man here. Like what, what's going to happen to you? If you, let me, let me scroll down here. Let's see. Let's pretend that Geno Smith has a good game this week. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, I will wear my <laughs> Halloween outfit to uh, this next one. And it is a very good onesie. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Oh my God. I, I didn't even have a Halloween outfit this year. That's how old I am. Like I was, I'm just like my girlfriend. I'm just like, I'm done with Halloween. She dressed up. 
uh, a little mad at me, but I was just, it's like, I'm a lot older than I look. So it's just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, so let's, uh, let's have some fun here. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Geno Smith has a massive game because I want to see this onesie for sure. But let's talk about this Thursday game here. Uh, Tyler, we're going to kick it off with you. It's the Cowboys and the Redskins. Uh, you're talking about Dallas here. And I want to ask you, the one, the one thing I really noticed is over on DraftKings, 5,900 digital DraftKings American dollars. I can get Des Bryant. That seems a little too low. I know the matchup's tough, and he struggles against those good uh, good outside cornerbacks. Uh, how are you handling him and the rest of this Cowboys offense? Yeah, I mean, we saw all over Thanksgiving that this Dallas passing attack just really struggled. Um, I don't think it's going to get in any much better of a situation here in week 13. Uh, Dak has just really been struggling the past couple weeks. Um, he gets Tyron Smith and Zach Martin back. They're both getting healthy. They both played last week, but I mean, they're both getting a little bit more healthier, which should help him down the long run. Um, he's got an interesting matchup here where the Redskins kind of just funnel all of the passing attack towards the middle of the field. Um, really prohibits big plays with their boundary corners. Uh, Brashad Breland and Josh Norman are just playing really well uh, this season. Um, but Dak has been left for dead, though, by the fantasy community. Um, I think he's a very interesting play at 5,700 on DraftKings. Like, nobody will be rostering him. Uh, if he turns in a quality outing, he always has that rushing upside. He has six rushing touchdowns on the year. Uh, I think he has a chance to be sneaky good here. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I want any exposure, but I wouldn't be shocked if we look back uh, Friday morning and say, huh, Dak had a pretty good game. Dak or James, um, same price, I think, on DK this week. It's tough. I don't really like to endorse quarterbacks coming off multi-week injuries. Um, mm -hmm. I'd probably still go Jameis, though, just because of the matchup against the Packers secondary. Uh, looking at Dez's weapons, though, um, I'm sorry, looking at Dak's weapons, Dez draws the tough matchup on the outside. Norman and Breland, last time these two teams played, Dez went four for 39 on eight targets. If he were to have any success, it would be via the slot where he runs 24% of his routes. I don't really think there's any need to pay up for him considering um, just the lack of upside there really is this week for him. I got um, I got an idea if, I, if I'm the Cowboys coach. Listen to us. You put Des Bryant in slot, put Bryce Brutler on one side, put uh, Terrence Williams on the other, and you just go you go ham with Des Bryant on the slot. That seems like a reasonable coaching move, but uh, I don't know if he's uh, capable of doing it. I would love to see Bryce Butler get more snaps. I don't know Me what too. they're waiting on. Uh, this, this guy's a stud. Um, anytime he gets his opportunity, he flourishes. Uh, I, I wish they would do that. I mean, Cole Beasley's difference between his ceiling and floor is his height. Um, <laughs> there is, like, no upside at all to rostering Cole Beasley. Terrence Williams is kind of a wild card here. Um, I don't really expect this matchup to be one where he flourishes. but And, he, and he's just seen 63 and 65% of the snaps the last two weeks. I, I just don't really find any of these uh, passing weapons very attractive considering it's Thursday and we have the whole slate of different options to choose from. As far as the running back position, I'm not going to bother there at all. Alf and Rod Smith, it's a full-blown committee right now, mm -hmm. sapping each other's ceilings and floor. Washington has injuries that make it kind of an intriguing matchup on paper, but it's not really intriguing enough uh, considering that we have everyone here to play throughout this uh, rest of this um Full slate. Uh, the only thing I find them kind of interesting in is a uh, contrarian dart if you're in any of the remnants of the Monday through Thursday slate that started this past Monday night football. The one the one guy who's kind of interesting is Jason Witten. He mm -hmm. draws a really sneaky great matchup here. The Red, Redskins rank top five in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns allowed to opposing tight ends. However, Witten has alternated seven, one, seven, one, 
target outings over his past four. You know, you know games. what that means. Uh, it looks like seven. We're in line he's for getting seven. Uh, let me see which way those are trending. It could be the one, actually. Uh, the, the price is somewhat enticing, though, considering that um, most of the tight ends this week are uh, really good plays at the high price yep. outcome. Uh, there aren't very, very, there aren't many good bargain plays. So I kind of understand if you want a little bit of Witten. But again, this this whole offense just seems like I need to see it before I actually invest any real money in it. Yeah, you make a really good point on Witten. I'm over on uh, Sharp Football, uh, tight end success rate, uh, Dallas 29th in the league. They allow a second league high in yards per attempt to tight ends. Now, that's not J- Jason Witten's big thing, uh, but it looks like tight ends exploitable. Uh, I don't know, that price on Dez is interesting. But I don't know. I think I'm just going to wait to Sunday, see how injuries play out, and I'll take my I'll take my shots on the Sunday slate trying to get something in there. Um, we're going to go – I don't know where Scott Barrett went, but we've got this 80s NHL player. I think he plays fantasy football once in a while. He knows a couple of things about these Redskins. Uh, so what do you got for me? Yeah, so I have Cousins as a top five quarterback in my rankings this week. Uh, he quietly ranks fourth among quarterbacks in both fantasy points per game and fantasy points per dropback. The matchup's excellent as well. Dallas is allowing 22.8 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks in the four games. Sean Lee has been absent. He will be absent again this week. Uh, as for the running back, uh, Samaje P. Ryan seems locked into 20-plus carries and two to four targets. He's going to get all of the red zone work. He's seen 70% of the team snaps, 80% of the opportunities over the past two weeks. We've seen this before with different players. A depleted running back depth chart means the guy they have, whether he's good or not, is going to be that team's bell cow. And the matchup's excellent as well. Cowboys go from 3.5 yards per carry to 5.8 without Sean Lee in that lineup. He's a fringe RB1 for me. Uh, As for the wide receivers, uh, Ryan Grant's in a good matchup, but he's not someone I can really uh, delve too deep into. Uh, same with uh, uh, the other perimeter wide receivers on that team. Uh, but I like Jamison Crowder a lot. He mm. ranks eighth among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game over the last five weeks of the season. He's averaging 9.5 targets per game over that stretch. He draws a Dallas defense, allowing the third most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. It's where he runs 74% of his routes. Vernon Davis is a little trickier. He saw one target to Niles Paul's five. What a and bum it, that was in that Thursday slate. And that Thanksgiving uh, slate, he killed me. Yeah, su- such a bummer. I, I feel like uh, all sharp people lost money on Thanksgiving. All the tight uh, ends you wanted, him and Ingram, the ones everyone wanted, did nothing. And then all the other ones beasted. It was absolutely the opposite of what I had in my lineups for sure. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm with you. Um but so he's a risky play this week, but I think what happened last week was mostly just variance. We see in football, just coaches do strange things for strange reasons. Uh, his price has dropped a lot on both sites. And I think he's a strong contrarian play. Uh, just note he's risky. Uh, so Ertz disappointed in his first game back in week 11, but maybe that was injury related. But outside of that, the only good tight ends he faced all year, that's the Cowboys, have absolutely smashed. Over 16.5 for both Kelsey, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper. The only tight end in the tight end one to tight end two range in fantasy points per game was Evan Ingram. Went four for 44, but that was his first ever game in the NFL. Um, But yeah, so uh, I I like him quite a bit, though he is risky. All right, Scott, favorite three plays on the Thursday night slate if you're uh, you're mixing in a couple of guys here. Uh, I get to go Cousins, Crowder, and then uh, on – 
other lineups, maybe P Ryan and, uh, that's about it. I don't really want anyone on Dallas, to be honest. Yeah, P. Ryan's very interesting on a week where, I don't know, I think we're going to lose some Green Bay value at running back, and do you really want to use a Miami running back against Denver? I don't know. I think P. Ryan in kind of the mid-tier is pretty interesting. He's probably my favorite along with Crowder. Uh, what do you got for me, Tyler? Yeah, Crowder's my top play here. He's a guy I definitely want exposure to. Um, but it's Crowder, Cousins, P. Ryan. You guys yeah. know that. Washington stack, uh, probably going to be pretty popular out there in GPPs today. Uh, let's jump into the Sunday analysis position by position. If you guys haven't been watching for the first 12 weeks, why not? Uh, and then this is how we do it here. We give you a stud, uh, a value play, and a dud. And none of them, well, maybe one of them, uh, will be named Kareem Hunt. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, Scott loves, he just can't keep him out of there. Uh, but let's go to quarterback. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. And... I don't know. I might fight you on this one here a little bit. I'm going to fight with Scott on a running back that he has later. It's not Kareem Hunt, uh, but I might fight with you on this one. So sell me on Cam Newton. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay, fire away. Uh, So I am a huge tournament player. That's like 90% of my action any given Sunday. And a guy I really want to get some exposure to this week is Cam Newton. Uh, While Drew Brees loves playing at home in the Superdome, I'm not sure anyone enjoys playing there more than Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. Over the past three years, Newton has the second fourth and seventh highest fantasy point outings of all visiting quarterbacks to play at the Superdome dating back to 2014. He scored 12 total touchdowns during that three game span with the Panthers averaging 40 points per game on the road here. Cam's accuracy will never be a strong point, but at least he gets back what should be a healthy Greg Olson. Olson played uh, just under 40% of the team snaps last week as kind of his like mini walkthrough game. Um, Olsen and Devin Funches are two of his most reliable and successful targets when throwing to, and he has a terrific QB rating when targeting them compared to the rest of his receivers. Cam also has shown a propensity to take off and run again in 2017. It's really ballooned his fantasy value over the last couple weeks. Um, in fact, over the last six weeks, he's averaged 62 rushing yards and he scored three touchdowns in that six game span. Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley missed last week, and we saw Jared Goff have uh, immense success throwing against their backups. Both were limited in practice Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be something that I'm going to monitor heading into the weekend, the status of these corners. I just think Cam has super Konami code upside, and uh, he's a guy that I, I want a lot of exposure to, especially if the stud cornerbacks for the Saints are out. Uh, I do want to say Marshawn Lattimore was out of practice on Thursday today. So I was hoping I could come at you with some of that, but here's what I, here's the thing I don't like is I see Cam Noon on the injury report again with this thumb. And you already said he's not the most accurate quarterback. And he went 11 for 28 last week with the same kind of thumb issue. So you give a, a an already inaccurate quarterback, uh, a bad thumb. And we kind of saw what happened to him last week against the jets. I don't know if that was like a one week thing or if that can continue, I get it for GPPs. He's not going to hit my cash games. Uh, you got to keep an eye on the Saints, too. I was hoping Lattimore would practice today, and I could yell at you a little bit about that one. But it looks like he's out. Uh, but uh, let's talk about that thumb real quick. You have, as like to me, that's a little worrisome when this inaccurate quarterback uh, is obviously a little bit bothered by it. Yeah, and it's his right thumb on his throwing hand, so it's actually a significant injury to monitor as well. I totally understand the uh, concern there. Um, the thing is, he just throws these massive targets and Devin Funches and Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are guys that have huge catch radiuses, radii. Uh, <laughs> I think they're both um, strong guys that are able to win at the catch point. Don't know how much yards after catch we'll see from Devin Funches. Um, and then Cam always just has that rushing upside as well. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he has a couple 80-yard games already this season. Uh, he's just really been doing 
very well on the ground this year, which is something that he kind of lacked uh, the last, I think it was 2016, he kind of lacked that. Yeah, I have to see. I don't know if he's still on the injury report as like questionable after Friday. I don't know. I might pump the brakes just a tad, uh, a little bit worrisome. So I saw I saw Scott went to the penalty box. Uh, he lost the face off. He's back in here to uh, he's talking up uh, some Sunday night football. So some more are playing on FanDuel. It's really tough to pick between these guys here. I, I'd prefer Russell Wilson. Just uh, I think it's like 90 something percent of the touchdowns he's responsible for right now. So I uh, try to break it down here. Uh, which one of these guys is better? Here, Scott? So that's that's true. Uh, one issue with Russell Wilson, however, is he has probably a bottom five offensive line in the NFL mm -hmm. and Philadelphia leads the league in pressures per drop back. Probably the best front seven in all of football. More uh, scramble points. You know, ideally, <laughs> ideally. Yes. Uh, I, I really like I'm supposed to come up with one name, but it's just not possible. And on FanDuel, what I'm going to do is mix and match with these two quarterbacks. Uh, they rank first and second best in points per game and points per drop back. These are two pass funnel defenses that lead, lead the league in yards per carry since week four. Teams are passing on Philadelphia the highest rate in the league, the sixth highest rate when facing Seattle. Uh, so I, ideally, we don't have to worry about these two frustrating running games. Seattle's because it's bad. Uh, Philadelphia because it's going to be a committee approach. So none of those guys are really in play. Uh, Philadelphia is the third highest implied point total. This is the third highest over under of the week. Cam Chancellor's out. That's a huge boost for Zach Ertz. Richard Sherman is out. That's a huge boost for Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not sure which one I like more. Russell Wilson's been super dominant. He has five games of 25 plus fantasy points. No other quarterback has more than four. Unfortunately for him, Doug Baldwin will be on Patrick Robinson, our number two graded cornerback. Meanwhile, Jimmy Graham is seeing 47% of his targets. 47% uh, of the team's targets inside the 10 yard line. So he's a really good bet for a touchdown. Both these team uh, defenses rank bottom 10 in rushing yards uh, allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Both these guys are mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I wish I, I felt more confident in one than the other, but I like both a lot. And on FanDuel, I'm going to have probably, these are going to be the only two quarterbacks I'm playing. And I've noticed in recent weeks, which is kind of weird, uh, Sunday night, uh, ownership is is lower than I always mm -hmm. expect. Uh, you'd think that that wouldn't be true because it's the last game. Uh, it's a it's always a good game uh, because it's getting that prime time, uh, and maybe people want to have action late. But no, I, I'm guessing it's because DraftKings kind of dominates uh, the advice section of the industry. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping these guys are lower owned than these should be as well. I couldn't believe the lines. I couldn't believe Philadelphia opened as a six point favorite. It's five and a half or six now. To go into Seattle as almost a touchdown favorite seems like a tall task to accomplish. I could see this game. It's one of my favorite games to go over. Both, I think Russell Wilson's going to do his thing. The Seattle defense could be taken advantage of. I like where you're going with this one. Uh, let's go back to Tyler, uh, a value quarterback. I like this play uh, quite a bit here because he's been pretty good. He's going up against the team that uh, has one of the worst offenses, I think, in the league right now. You just run a cover two against them. And Alex Smith can't figure out, oh, man, I can't throw it. I have no clue what I'm doing anymore. Uh, and they can't move the ball. So you're going with Josh McCown. He's got uh, future Hall of Famer Robbie Anderson to catch all these deep bombs. He's got uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins to get screwed out of a touchdown every single week, it seems like. Uh, he's 5,500 on DraftKings. You're messing around with Tyrod Taylor. You're messing around with a Brett Hundley. You're messing around uh, with a Jameis Winston for cheap here. And I think McCown makes a pretty good sword. 
Yeah, I agree. I just really like the idea of paying down at the quarterback position in cash games allows a lot of flexibility elsewhere. And McCown's going to be the guy that I think I'm targeting for DK cash games at this point in the week. He's been as steady as they come. He's scored multiple touchdowns in six of his last seven. He's met cash game value in six of seven. And yet DK still continues to underprice him as a great quarterback option at just 5,500. Ever since they're by the Chiefs defense has just looked like a completely different team, uh, which is completely unlike Andy Reid and uh, his history in the league. And um, as weird as it sounds, McCown has weapons that can attack all levels of this Chiefs defense. Robbie Anderson, top 10 in air yards. Jermaine Curse, he's a great underneath option. He's at 9.6 average depth of target. And then ASJ is the red zone leader in targets, receptions, touchdowns, and missed touchdowns uh, for this Jets team. Uh, I just think they're all great plays. Um, and I'd rather probably spend up and just uh, play Josh McCown as uh, my way to get access to this Jets offense. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm go gonna ahead. I'm gonna peg Scott here with something too. So Scott, you've got someone else. I think some a uh, 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 quarterback that's gonna be pretty low owned here. So you got McCown, uh, you got Hunley, you got Jameis Winston, you got Tyrod Taylor. Who you got out of that bunch there? Me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, what what were the quarterbacks again? Uh, McCown that Tyler just talked about. Yeah. Uh, Tyrod Winston, and then uh, I think Hunley is going to be pretty popular as well. Uh, I think for tournaments, I like Winston the best. Yeah, Winston. I think Winston's going to be the most popular, followed by Hunley. Uh, maybe even then Tyrod and McCown's uh, going to be the lowest there. So Tyler, if he comes out good and you're on him, uh, you'll have the cheap quarterback. That's the lowest one. I think that's a pretty good uh, way to go about it this weekend. So let's get to uh, Scott's. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him because somehow the, Scott seems like the Vikings want to screw this up. They've got a great offense with what looks to be a really good quarterback. And they won't commit to him because they're like, we got to get Teddy Bridgewater on the field because we got to see what he has left to see if he's worth anything next year, if we got to re-up his contract. And I, I don't know. I'm a little scared they, they're going to try to screw this up. But it's it's allowing Keenum to basically perform under pressure, and it seems to be doing pretty good here. A couple of injuries in Atlanta. Could be a shootout. I like this call. Right. Uh, so he has played really well this year. He's actually our 13th highest rated corner uh, quarterback this season. And I like him for uh, a lot of the reasons I should have liked Jared Goff more last week. Uh, Atlanta's probably going to be without Desmond Trufant, our number 10 graded cornerback, and maybe also Brian Poole, their slot corner. These are 54th highest rated cornerback this year, but graded out 13th last year. Um, so I could see a big game coming. Keenum's really been excellent for fantasy. He's been a top six quarterback in three of his last four games, a QB one in every game over that stretch. And uh, it's going to be easy stacking options with those two wide receivers there. Uh, he's priced as the QB 12 on FanDuel and the QB 13 on DraftKings this week. Uh, let's go to a dud. And I don't know, like, I can't believe your state. This is what we've decided. You can pick a player to stake your claim on Tyler. I'm not going to force it on Geno Smith dudding although it's a pretty good possibility that he does here because the stats you have here uh just absolutely horrific yeah I, like <laughs> he has a career a career completion percentage of 57.7 percent a career sack rate of 8.1 percent and an interception rate of 4.1 percent so that's sack rate almost one of every 11 or 12 dropbacks he's getting sacked he just holds he holds the ball way too long way too long and uh this oakland defense came alive last week they had a uh, five sacks last week uh, it was the first time they've actually performed fairly uh, fairly well and uh, that was against paxton lynch who was another terrible quarterback i'm expecting this oakland defense to repeat their success this week 
they're really throwing Gino in a tough spot here where they're forcing him to travel West coast to Oakland. They're nine point road dogs. Um, we weren't playing Eli in DFS because of his poor supporting cast. And that really hasn't changed with Gino at the helm. Uh, if I'm Sterling Shepard, my migraines are getting worse if I have to catch calls from Gino. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a definitely a good thing. Maybe that'll uh, reoccur on Friday's injury report. And you guys, both both your dud quarterbacks are, are I think, what's going to be some of the chalkier defenses. Oakland and then, Scott, you don't want any any part of Matthew Stafford. One, I basically only take him when he's indoors. and I'm not taking him in Baltimore, that's for sure. Right, right. I mean, uh, Baltimore's arguably been a better pass defense than – Jacksonville in mm-hmm. some regards uh, they rank second best in fantasy points per game over expectation uh, second best in fantasy points allowed per drop back but uh, best in opposing passer rating this year yeah so uh, no chance Matthew Stafford I'm crossing off uh, basically all of those although Marvin Jones got it done against Xavier Ray- Rhodes who knows maybe he can get it done uh, Marvin Jones sneaky sneaky good uh, let's go to running backs here uh, Tyler and Scott there is no mention of Kareem Hunt, unless we want to talk bad about him. I'm just getting this across the board to everybody. Uh, so let's talk about, I think it's going to be one of the higher owned running backs of the week here. I am in complete agreement with you for a couple of reasons. I think uh, the shadowing of Sammy Watkins on the outside might funnel a couple of targets to Todd Gurley, and you can run a little bit easier on the Cardinals as well here. It just seems like Gurley's in line to get these 25 touches. Yeah, it's a shame. We haven't seen Le'Veon Bell on the main slate in a while. And as such, I just keep playing time. I mean, who wants to play these Sunday night games, right? (laughs) Like no one wants to play those in DFS. Uh, This Sunday night game might be the best one we've seen all season. Um, I'll give pause to that one. But this Gurley play, I think he's just a great play for cash games. He's averaging 22.4 touches per game on the year, 11 total touchdowns already. And it's just entering week 13. Uh, he's doing a tremendous job in year three. He's doing a great job here with Sean McVay. And um, he's just dominating running back touches. Over the last two weeks, he has 100% of them. He draws a great matchup here against the Cardinals this week. He had 22 carries for 106 yards and a score while picking up eight targets through the air in their previous matchup with them. That was in a 33-0 route. Um, so that means they're not taking Gurley off the field for when they're just dominating opposing teams. And I think they have a very great shot of uh, repeating that kind of performance this week. 28 fantasy points is what Gurley accrued during that outing. And I don't think it's Atlantish to pencil him in for that again this week. Uh, the recent run defense of Arizona has improved kind of over the last couple of weeks, uh, but nobody has allowed more receptions to opposing running backs than the Cardinals over the past four. Gurley's a guy who can take advantage of both running and receiving. He can burn them. And he's already set career high in a lot of receiving categories and targets, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. He's one away from uh, topping his most receptions as well. Uh, the guys just do it all back, and uh, he's a cash game staple. Yeah, Sean McVay, clear offensive genius, easily one of the already, I think, uh, one of the top five coach in the league uh, over there. I like how they get him up to the line. Then he's like with like three seconds left, he's calling in audibles and then Goff does it. It's been perfect so far. Brilliant. Year. That's brilliant. Um, all right, Scott, I'm going to fight you on this one. So I should have fought you on Kareem Hunt. Maybe I did. I don't remember last week, but it, it let you led you to rock the sweet mustache for today. So uh, you want to talk about a player who has played less than 50% of his snaps for each of the last three weeks. Uh, why? Are we playing Jordan Howard this week in PPR on DraftKings, where zero receptions is an extremely likely outcome? Wait, is this a DraftKings only podcast? It, no, it's not. But he's seventy five hundred on Fanduel. I'm not playing. I'm not paying that. I mean, he's only the eighth highest priced not a chance. running back there. Uh, so you you cited snap uh, snap share, but uh, 
the Chicago lost four straight games and they're, they're favored in this contest against San Francisco. Uh, and he's playing at home where he's averaged 4.8 more fantasy points per game than on the road. And he gets San Francisco, the dream matchup. Mm. Uh, they've allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs for three straight seasons. Now over the last 25 games, just the lead running back you faced uh, is averaging 22.2 fantasy points per game. That's a full point per game more than what Ezekiel Elliott has averaged over that stretch. Uh, we could talk about the snap share, but he's still averaging 21.3 carries per game over his last eight. Uh, I, I'm predicting a big game for, for Howard this week, but uh, I can't rock the mustache for a full week, so I'm not prepared to bet on it. I, I'm just not – I'm not concerned with the last eight games. I'm concerned with the last three since they've really, they really seem to get Benny Cunningham. And I also worry Chicago's not good. Uh, who says Jimmy Garoppolo isn't like good and can't lead the 49ers to a victory here? I think it's a lot sketchier uh, of a proposition than uh, you lead to believe here. I don't not to poo poo on you. I just like to play devil's advocate if I have an opposite. No, I mean, I mean, I totally get it, but he's also going to draw severely low ownership after rushing just seven times against the Eagles. But I mean, that's the Eagles and somewhat to be expected. He had uh, two 100 yard games in two of his prior three. Uh, so I'm optimistic again. Yeah. Scoring opportunities, game script is always a concern, but, uh, if there was ever a week to play Jordan Howard, it's this week. All right. I'll, I'll take Carlos Hyde, uh, DraftKings points easily for, I think it's $600 less this week on, on DraftKings, I agree with you. This All is right. a fan duel play. Okay. So let's go. Uh, I love this value play, Tyler. Everyone's going to be looking. I'm going to play uh, Miami cheap running back. I'm going to play a green Bay cheap running back. Uh, and you're looking to spend just a couple of dollars more on Deion Lewis, who's like the clear back. If he would have gotten the end zone last week, his ownership would be like 25, 30% this week. Uh, he just gets it done every single week. It's Buffalo. It's Tom Brady. They're just going to kind of roll on offense. And I, I love this as a, a low owned play in basically any format. I think you get a big edge. I agree a hundred percent. Deion Lewis has just been on a tear lately. He's had double digit carries in six straight games and has either led or tied the backfield in snaps in five of the last six Buffalo's run defense has completely dissipated since the departure of Marcel Darius. Now la last week they were very stout. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so they've allowed 620 rushing yards. Uh, I bet 619 excluding Kareem Hunt's no show. Uh, they've just been completely allowing a ton of work to opposing running backs on the ground. Um, I just love Lewis here as a guy who's seeing steady volume, steady snaps, and the Patriots are an 8.5 point road favorite. They should run the ball a ton. Uh, I just think this is a great matchup here for him. He's mid-priced. Don't think a lot of people are paying attention to him. And like you said, if him lacking that touchdown uh, score from last week, I think we're going to see a lot lower ownership on Deion Lewis than we should. I almost want to take Deion Lewis over Jordan Howard too on DraftKings. Just, I think it's just, I really like his game. I'm, I'm, I'm Scott. I don't know if you can tell I'm down on Jordan Howard. This week. I actually think Howard's going to be pretty chalky this week. And uh, uh, hopefully that gets me an edge. Otherwise I'm going to look like a complete donkey uh, come Sunday night. That also is a very high likelihood. Uh, let's go to your, uh, wait, where am I on my sheet here? Hold on here. Uh, value uh, for you, Scott. So, uh, this is a little tough here because you had uh, the Green Bay Jamal Williams. Now, we don't know. It looks like Aaron Jones. If I had to guess, Aaron Jones, I don't know. I think he's trending towards he's going to play this week here. So with him out of the way, there are a couple other value plays uh, that should be pretty chalky. What do you got for me? 
Yeah, yeah. I just want to say if Jet Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery are both out, yeah. Jamal Williams is the uber chalk, mm-hmm. uh, but they both probably play, or at least one does. Kenyon Drake, slightly less so, but still a fantastic play if Damian Williams and Cenarese Perry are out. Uh, because we don't really know what's going on there, uh, I also prefer Alex Collins to Tyler's uh, value play of the week. Baltimore's home and their favorite. Uh, though it is a close spread, so he could potentially get hurt by game script. But uh, even the last two weeks with Woodhead back, uh, they've really featured uh, Collins. He's seen 36 carries and nine targets. He's been one of the most efficient running backs in the league this year. He's seen all of the goal line work. And Detroit ranks third worst in rushing fantasy points per game and fifth worst in total fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this year. Uh, I, I this is another reason why I don't like Jordan Howard because I like a couple of these other cheap guys too. So I think I can get I have Jordan Howard, but I have him in Oakland. I have Marshawn Lynch, uh, who should just run wild over the Giants, uh, in my opinion, in a very positive game script. He's pretty cheap. Uh, I'm not sure Duke Johnson with uh, Josh Gordon coming back. I don't know. I just don't. I think his targets will probably evac- uh, evaporate. Uh, I love Collins' play. Uh, full practice today too, so that clears the way for him to be a full go. I like that quite a bit here. Uh, what do you got for me, Tyler, here as a, uh, a dud here? My dud, I've heard a couple of people talk about Adrian Peterson. He's a guy I'm not very interested at all. It's this DJ week. Foster week, my friend. It is, man. DJ Foster is <laughs> a guy I've been touting for a long time in Dynasty. Uh, I hope I hope he's able to see some snaps. Um, Peterson was a DNP on Wednesday. He was limited participant on Thursday. He's got a neck injury. Uh, he's just been playing very poorly. He's had less than five fantasy points in three of his last five outings. That's just a terrible floor to pursue. The Rams' run defense has been very bad. Um, there's no denying that. But they also held Peterson to an 11-carry, 21-yard performance. Uh, a whopping 1.9 yards per carry the last time these two teams faced off. So I don't really think there's a huge ceiling to pursue here with Peterson. I'd much rather see them give those touches to DJ Foster than waste them with Peterson. And I can't really even justify it on FanDuel, where I'd rather save $100 and play Deion Lewis instead of him. Uh, Scott, I strongly agree with that take. I yeah. disagree. Disagree. So you you like AP? Uh, oh yeah, way above uh, Dion Lewis. Oh wow, that's uh we, we can slide into the DMs. Maybe we'll do a little uh, side bet on that one. Uh, all right, so Scott, you want to dud uh, a player who has their 40, 25, 27, 32, 16, 15, 12, 25, 13. These are his DraftKings points per game. He's the highest priced running back on DraftKings. It's Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with the amount of touches he's getting. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, he, he could continue his unsustainable efficiency stretch for sure. Uh, but he's just not a player I'm going to pay that price for, like on DK where he's the highest priced running back. Of course, he is playing out of his mind. He's been a top five fantasy running back for four straight weeks. Yet he's also ranked 22nd in opportunities per game over that stretch. Uh, he's averaging seven yards per carry that's the first time a running back's ever done that with at least 75 carries uh he leads all players since the nfl merger in yards per touch fantasy points per touch that's out of 315 qualifying running backs all uh since 1970 and there's also an argument that his workload could increase with ingram due to hit free agency if he's named an all pro this year Mm -hmm. that said just looking at the touches he's seen in recent weeks uh, I am not willing to pay that price. According to expected fantasy points, he should be averaging just 
14 expected fantasy points per game over his last six games. But of course, he's been the highest scoring running back over that stretch. Uh, I'm betting on some regression this week. 11 touches last week and 40 DraftKings points. Uh, just slightly unsustainable. Uh, you got to think too, I, I do like he's so good. Is he the best player that's ever played the, the running back position or basically any position in the history of football? He could be. But if he's not, uh, and he's only getting 11 touches a game, I think some serious regression. Uh, if it pays off for people this week, uh, so be it. Hat tip. If he gets more touches, good good to them. Uh, but I, I'm I'm not going to even sniff Kamara in any single lineup this week. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for the running backs. Uh, let's jump into uh, a couple of the cool things that Pro Football Focus has to offer uh, via screen share. And Scott, I'll let you talk about this. This is something you put a lot of effort into, and I like to focus on it. Uh, it's your actual opportunity. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, talk about what it is for a little bit and maybe one or two plays that you've uh, pointed out this week. Uh, yeah, sure. So we, we can talk about, uh, uh, I guess, Adrian Peterson, uh, a reason to play him. <laughs> so so sure, he, he hasn't scored in five straight weeks. He's averaging just 3.05 yards per carry over that stretch. Of course, he's faced three of the six best uh, run defenses over the past two months in Seattle, Houston, Jacksonville. Uh, but he ranks sixth among running backs expected fantasy points per game over the last five weeks of the season. That's despite seeing zero opportunities inside the five-yard line and only three opportunities inside the 10-yard line. Uh, you know, game scripts, a serious concern, especially uh, when you're saying, uh, you know, Kerwin Williams is there to catch passes or or Tyler's boy. Mm -hmm. um, but this the matchup looks excellent as well. The Rams ranked third worst in yards per carry allowed. Uh, they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this year. And he's a guy I, I didn't think would draw a lot of ownership, but uh, you know, I, I could be wrong. Uh, as far as cheap wide receivers, uh, I haven't really talked up. Uh, I don't think any of these guys are, are written down, but Zay Jones is minimum price on FanDuel. Uh, Corey Coleman and D.D. Westbrook are cheap, though I don't really like them with Marquise Lee coming off of the mm -hmm. Patrick Peterson game, uh, Josh Gordon coming back, but Dontrell Inman's there. Uh, these guys all rank top 30 among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game over the last five weeks. Seth Roberts is another cheap guy we haven't talked about. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he's a guy who uh, is due for some regression. Really, his, his volume hasn't been as good as how well he's performed. Uh, he ranks uh, sixth in actual fantasy points per game the last five weeks, but 27th in expected. He does have a decent matchup against Kansas City, who's far more susceptible deep, however. Uh, Tyler, let's talk about, we're going to forego uh, in the interest of time, uh, Pat's snaps article that I always like to talk about here. Uh, so I've got Jeff's article pulled up. Uh, he does the podcast. He's one of the big head honchos over there, Pro Football Focus. Uh, instead of looking at the wide receiver cornerback chart, if you like to read it, he does this every single week here. So what's a couple? We're going to talk about receivers here in a minute. Uh, but what are a couple big standouts here that uh, Jeff highlighted? Uh, Devontae Adams is a guy I am super into this week, mm -hmm. uh, cash or tournaments. Great matchup here against Tampa Bay, who's allowing a ton of receptions, rece receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams has emerged as Brett Hundley's number one receiving target ever since he took over for Aaron Rodgers. He's just been producing week after week. Great matchup here. Um think he's in a great spot uh marquise lee is another guy uh, i'll talk about him later but uh mm -hmm. looking at some of the downgrades um one of the biggest ones i think 
is Corey Coleman here. Uh, he's been seeing, I think it was 11 and 8 targets over the past two weeks. Now draws a really tough matchup here against Casey Hayward. Hayward has just been a, a brutal, brutally good cornerback. Um, in fact, he ranks, I think, as our number one graded cornerback entering this week. Um, this is just a really good um, article here that highlights some of the best and worst matchups and uh, how to pursue them in DFS and just regular fantasy leagues as well. Uh, I do want to note, so Hayward, um, uh, it's kind of sad news. I think his brother passed away or something really bad happened to his brother. Uh, he was away for the team. I, I expect him to be back. But also, like, who's to say they don't put him on Josh Gordon? Uh, if Gordon is just, like, clearly crushing everybody here. Uh, what do you think? I guess we'll transition back into wide receivers here. So, uh, Tyler, I'll stay with you. Uh, how do you see like Josh Gordon super cheap in DFS? Uh, how are you kind of handling him as kind of these uh, like a, just a cheap play with so much potential? So I'll jump straight into my dud of the week and his name is Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, let's get I'm it. Be fading this chase. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Josh Gordon, but I'm going to be doing it from the sidelines. I refuse to put any real money into his name here this week. He's about three years removed from the game. He's playing on a struggling Cleveland offense and they have to travel West to play against a very tough Chargers secondary. Gordon draws a tough matchup here, whether it's against Casey Hayward or Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams ranks top 15 in lowest QB rating when targeted against. His .17 fantasy points per route covered ranks seventh best among all cornerbacks. And it really doesn't matter which cornerback they put on him. He's going to have a tough matchup. Uh, Gordon will also be vying for targets against breakout Corey Coleman, 19 targets over the last two weeks. Um, I really just think the idea of Gordon back in this offense just opens things up underneath for Duke Johnson. We're going to have Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman running vertical routes allows a lot of underneath dump offs uh, to Duke as an outlet receiver. He's not the only Brown I've got interest in this week. I'd much rather pivot to DD Westbrook. Who's the same price on DraftKings, and who's in a great <clears throat> matchup here against a Colts secondary who has nobody left standing. Yeah, I do like, I do like DD Westbrook. Uh, let's Scott. I think your stud at receiver. He's my preferred uh, cash game target on DraftKings if I'm spending up at receivers. Uh, it kind of stinks that his quarterback's Tom Savage, but you just can't argue the production, the targets, uh, and the ability of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he's another expected fantasy point superstar. He's pretty much neck and neck with Antonio Brown for first among wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Houston quarterbacks are targeting Hopkins on over one-third of their total attempts, a uh, 349 percent target market share that's crazy meanwhile tennessee is allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to left wide receivers deandre hopkins runs 54 percent of his routes from the left it's one of the highest rates in the league tennessee ranks second worst over expectation to opposing wide receiver ones uh the ranked worst last week with tampa bay ranking worst uh second worst and then after julio's eruption spot uh it switched but i could see that flipping back again against DeAndre Hopkins. Tennessee already allowed 43 points to Antonio Brown, 27 to Hopkins, 27 to Baldwin, 23 to A.J. Green. And Adoree uh, Jackson is a, a draft pick I've panned all year, a guy me and Tyler have been targeting since preseason DFS. So even if he shadows Hopkins, uh, I really suspect Hopkins to uh, get the better of him in that matchup. Yep, I think that's just uh, easily my preferred cash game option. Uh, it was it's it's kind of tough. I mean, you can argue for Tyler Studd. He's got Mike Evans in here. Uh, I always worry. So, like we talked at the top, Jameis Winston. We, we you know uh, you worry a little bit when a quarterback comes back after a little bit of time off. You worry that he's lost a couple of offensive linemen. But Green Bay has no pass rush, and their cornerbacks stink here. And Mike Evans is a beast uh, if he can hold on to the ball. That is so. Uh, 
Uh, that's kind of why I prefer Hopkins because I know Hopkins holds on to the ball a little bit better. So uh, sell me on Evans. I can't fault you there. Those are the two guys I want a lot of exposure to, yeah. Hopkins and Evans. Uh, I just really like Evans considering his price point. He's a little bit cheaper on DK. The matchup here against the Packers is a great one. They've allowed six 100-yard outings so far this year and a nine for 96 to Adam Thielen, who just missed out on joining them. Uh, Evans will be getting back Jameis Winston. Hasn't played since week nine. A month off should have him healthy and ready to ball out against this poor pass defense and this poor pass rush. Evans currently ranks sixth in air yards, and the Packers are allowing the sixth most pass plays of 20-plus yards. Just a great chance for him to go off for a big play, uh, potentially score a touchdown as well. These boundary corners are having a really difficult time in coverage. Kevin King and Devon House rank as our number 110 and number 94 graded cornerbacks, respectively. That's out of 118 qualifying. House is allowing a 63% completion percentage, while King is allowing the second highest yards per route covered among all cornerbacks. Evans runs 80% of his routes on the outside, so that means he'll be seeing a ton of these guys, King and House. I think King was uh, banged up a bit in practice. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if, um, he'll be good to go, but I hope he does because he's been completely exploded. I mean, we'll think about the guy who's worse than him that doesn't actually play. I mean, that guy's exactly. got to be really bad. Uh, so exactly. I, I, I like Evans quite a bit. Uh, just a little worried. I don't think Jameis is really good. Uh, but there's going to be no pass rush from the Packers here. I think he's going to have plenty of time. There's no Doug Martin possibly either, which maybe they throw it more. I don't think Dirk Cutter is a good coach either. So as you get a game plan to get Mike Evans, the football it blows my mind. You wouldn't do that. Uh, but I don't know if I trust that, but uh, this is why I prefer Deandre Hopkins, but uh, I wouldn't fault anybody for using Mike Evans. So let's go to uh, Scott's value wide receivers. There's a bunch of value wide receivers you can use this week. Um, it looks like you're just counting them as a stud. Uh, Devonte Adams, uh, my, my poor Jordy Nelson season long and dynasty shares have gotten flushed down the toilet, Scott. Uh, speaking of which, he's also just like, he's like almost been priced on DraftKings this week. Uh, but it looks like you don't care. You're going to pay up for Adams. Well, uh, uh, pay up maybe on DraftKings, but he is a, a far better value on FanDuel. He's only the 31st highest priced wide receiver, which is absurd. Uh, he ranks 17th among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game, 13th in actual over the past five weeks of the season, he's clearly cemented himself as the team's wide receiver one under Brett Hundley. Since Aaron Rodgers' week six injury, he leaves all Green Bay wide receivers and targets by 23, fantasy points by 42, and he gets set to face off against a Tampa Bay defense that ranks last in the, the league over expectation to opposing wide receiver ones. Just gave up the biggest fantasy game of the year to Julio Jones. Adams eclipsed 80 yards in two straight games against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, both ranked top 10 in fantasy points per game allowed to outside wide receivers, tough matchups there. Tampa Bay's also giving up the third most fantasy points per game to left wide receivers where he runs 44% of his routes, the most fantasy points per game on deep targets. Adams has seven deep targets in the last five weeks. Just everything, uh, uh, painting a picture of Adams uh, having a big game this week. Do you see anything for Cobber Nelson? Uh, well, Tampa Bay is giving up the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. So it is a good matchup for Cobb, uh, just given how he and Jordy Nelson have performed with Brett Hundley and the volume you've seen, they're out of contention for me. All right. Let's go to Tyler on his, you got Marquise Lee 
Uh, we talked a little about D.D. Westbrook. I think he's a little too cheap, too. So, like, they, that Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, both those secondaries are just atrocious. Antonio Brown and Julio Jones went berserk on them. Now, I don't expect those type of performances this week from the guys, but I think we can get pretty good expectations out of those. And you're looking to target uh, this uh, Indianapolis uh, defense pretty easily here. Yeah, now that they're without Rashawn Melvin, this cornerback uh, this cornerback depth chart is just completely barren. Mm-hmm. Um Marquise Lee, he's coming off a brutal stretch where he's faced a lot of really good cornerbacks over the past couple of weeks. Patrick Peterson, Jason McCourty, Casey Hayward. Uh, they're all in our top 25. Uh, they've been playing very well, and Marquise Lee has had uh, some poor outings over the last couple of weeks, relatively speaking. And I think he's in for a major bounce back spot, major bounce back spot here against Colts defense. Um, they are have literally nobody to defend him now. It's going to be a huge boon to the passing game. In the earlier matchup between these two teams, the passing attack really took off. Blake Bortles threw for 300 yards while completing a nice 69% of his attempts. <laughs> we round up one of his performances from 298 yards to 300. Blake Bortles has either thrown for 300 yards or thrown for multiple touchdowns in five straight games against the Colts. He just has their number. He, does, he plays really well against them. Wait, wait. Blake, say it. Blake Bortles has actually thrown for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. I don't believe this. Pre- previously for- <laughs> to this season? Previously to this season, that's happened. <laughs> 2014, 2015. Oh, my goodness. 15, 16, 17. Um, All right. And Lee stands to benefit the most here. His number one target, excluding last week's two-target dud against Patrick Peterson, Lee has averaged 9.6 targets over his previous five games. The Colts are allowing third most receiving yards, and that's with Rashawn Melvin in the fold. I uh, just think this defense can't stop Lee at all. He may, I think he's a fantastic play for both cash and GPPs. So Scott likes Lee. He's got a dud D.D. Westbrook. He's got a dud Corey Coleman. Uh, a couple other cheaper guys he likes here. So why do you hate those guys so much, Scott? Yeah, I just think, uh, I mean, I love D.D. Westbrook as a talent. I just think people are going to uh, delve too deep into his target totals and air yardage totals last week. But I think that was just a function of Marquise Lee drawing Patrick Peterson. Uh, Lee saw tremendous volume in the previous five to six weeks before that Patrick Peterson shadow. Uh, so I think they go back to Lee. I think it's a, I, I agree with Tyler. I think it's a monster Lee week. Uh, Corey Coleman as well. You know, uh, there's concern with Josh Gordon coming back, uh, eating into targets. And why, why wouldn't you target Josh Gordon over Corey Coleman, uh, even though he's missed uh, the past 35 months of professional football? <laughs> uh, still, I'm, I'm more on guys like Seth Roberts, Dontrell Inman, Zay Jones. I'm going to go, I don't want to go too deep into those guys, but Roberts has a good matchup. He's uh, uh, the most dependable receiver on the team. Uh, Dontrell Emmons seen a sneaky good workload in recent weeks. Uh, if you're not on Howard, maybe you should be on Dontrell Emmons. A. Jones is minimum price on FanDuel in a tougher matchup, but the volume has been there. Uh, so, so I like those guys uh, a little bit. I'm going to throw a couple names out there too that I don't know, I'm having a hard time figuring out if I want to use them this week. So anybody feel free to chime in. I got Cooper Cup. Uh, I see Sammy Watkins getting Patrick Peterson. I know Cups matchup, probably not the most ideal. And he got a big price hike, but I could see targets being funneled to him. Uh, I see a, a way too cheap Larry Fitzgerald opposite of him at that game at 6,000. And then uh, I see Demarius Thomas at 5,300 on DraftKings uh, going up against Miami, who's just atrocious. Uh, anyone have any takes on those three? Yeah, so Cooper Cup doesn't have a tough matchup at all. He is a, a really soft matchup. Arizona's allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. He saw 11 targets and 100 yards in the toughest matchup of all 
Rams wide receivers last week. Now Sammy Watkins drawing Patrick Peterson. Uh, he is one of my top plays of the week. Uh, I like what you said on, on Larry Fitzgerald. And then uh, who was the third name you mentioned? DT, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I'm more on Emmanuel Sanders, just given uh, uh, Trevor Simeon's preference to Sanders over Thomas uh, throughout their careers. He's seen more expected fantasy points per game, more targets, more near end zone work, and more importantly, more deep targets. And that's going to matter a lot in this matchup uh, where the opposing defense is, is far more susceptible deep. And Simeon uses Thomas as more of a possession receiver. Tyler, you got anything on those? I also wanted to, like, Julio Jones matchup's really tough. Keenan Allen from the slot, that actually looks pretty good in my opinion, but he's expensive. Michael Thomas never catches touchdowns, but maybe he does this week. He's just 6,900. That's a really nice price on him. Uh, who you got out of all those guys? Uh, out of those guys, I'd probably lean Julio. I mean, we saw him last week just ball out. We saw Marvin Jones do really well against Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I'm not really afraid. I think Rhodes Mar- looked really bad in that game, if you watch. Like, he and looked bad. Julio is matchup proof. I'm sorry. He just is. The guy just balls out uh, whenever he's given the opportunity. Yeah, I think it was 12 targets last week. Uh, anytime he gets those kind of that kind of volume, he has a chance to go off. If, um, if he's matchup proof, then why was his only good game against the, the team that ranks first and wide Lack of volume. Lack of volume. Um, I, I don't think volume changes this week. Uh, uh, I, I'm more leaning towards Keenan Allen. The, the Browns rank uh, worst in fantasy points per target to slot wide receivers. 44.9% of their fantasy points allowed to wide receivers has gone to the slot. That ranks second most. He's been balling out of his mind in recent weeks. He is expensive, but I prefer him over Julio Jones. Uh, Scott, slide me those verse slot wide receiver things into my DMs on the Twitter when you have all a right, chance right, to. Yeah. If you, you can do that. Uh, let's go to tight end. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. Stud, uh, Zach Ertz you got here. So I think obviously we know Gronk, if you can pay up, uh, just absolutely smashes Buffalo. He's from there. Blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of narrative. He does good here. Uh, but if you can't pay up for Gronk, it seems like you like Ertz. Yeah, easily. I'm probably just going to be playing those two guys with a sprinkling of other guys. Gronk and Ertz just seems like a smash play this week. Ertz has either 90 yards and or a touchdown in eight of his 10 games he's played this year. And the matchup here against Seattle, they've allowed the seventh most targets to the position this year. Without Cam Chancellor now, Bradley McDougald has taken over as the uh, guy taking over tight end duties. Who? That's a made-up <laughs> name. That's a made-up name. I don't believe that. <laughs> he's, he's really struggled so far when his number's been called. He's allowing the second-highest yards per route covered and the second-highest targets per route defended. So that means not only are opposing quarterbacks targeting their tight ends against McDougald heavily, they're also having really good success when doing it. Uh, Ertz is just a stud. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm still not convinced that that's a real name of an NFL football player. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what his nickname is, but it should be the accountant because that sounds like the name of someone's accountant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Scott, do you like touchdowns? Cause Jimmy Graham likes touchdowns. Uh, we, again, we're not spending too much time on Gronk here. Uh, good. to guess. He probably catches another time. He is the de facto goal line running back for Seattle. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've been getting mad at me for, for giving better FanDuel plays than DraftKings plays, but, but Graham's actually a better value on DraftKings this week. Uh, he ranks 16th among all receivers ahead of Doug Baldwin and just barely behind Rob Gronkowski in expected fantasy points per game. Uh, though he ranks 34th in targets per game, uh, it doesn't matter because he's just crushing near end zone usage. He's seen 12 targets inside the five-yard line. No other player has seen more than five such targets. He also leads in targets inside the 10 and 20 yard lines. 
if Seattle goes over, like I'm betting they will, you think they will. Uh, you, you got to think Jimmy Graham's going to score a touchdown this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't care that Philadelphia is favored. Just Russell Wilson at home with feet, Philadelphia having to go. Like Russell Wilson's going to do his thing. It's not even going to be a problem, in my opinion. Uh, value. Uh, tight ends it's flow chart week Tyler uh, you first although it looks like you have a little bit of a hot take on the other flow chart receiver uh, Jared Cook minus a couple of targets in Oakland going up against the Giants seems like one of the biggest locks of the week now on FanDuel everybody's gonna have him on DraftKings they juiced him up there and it's a little bit tougher of a pill to swallow but you can still make it work uh, still probably gonna be pretty highly owned yeah, agreed. He takes on the most fantasy-friendly defense in the Giants this week. Just follow the flow chart, lock him in. Uh, he definitely has a great matchup here, considering both Crabtree and Amari Cooper will likely be sidelined. Crabtree due to suspension, Cooper due to injury. Uh, Cook stands to take a large chunk of the red zone receiving work here without Crabtree in the fold. He's seen at least five targets in each of the last five games, including two games where he's gone for 100-plus yards. So there's definitely a ceiling here to pursue with Cook. New York Giants ranked top five in most receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. Cook's a smash play. All right. Internal PFF fight right here. Scott, you want Hunter Henry. Looks like Tyler's dissing him here, so uh, let's fight it out here. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll agree, Jared. Cook's a better play than Hunter Henry, but Henry is still a really strong play. Uh, Cleveland ranks worst among all defenses in fantasy points per game over expectation for the second straight year. Usage has been weird. Eight targets, seven, five, two, two, five, and five targets. But he's smashed in every good spot all year. Over 60 yards against Miami, Oakland, Denver, Dallas, and he had a touchdown in 42 yards against the Giants. Uh, Tyler, why are you hating? Uh, he's just been so inconsistent with his targets. The Browns are allowing an impressive 2.8 red zone trips per game. That's the 11th fewest tied with New Orleans and Denver. Just a four-way battle for red zone targets as well with Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Antonio Gates. They're all around the same. I'm just fading. All right, Scott, real quick, why no Cameron Brate? If you're looking for value, Brate's slightly interesting uh, on DraftKings this week. Why no, uh, why no love with Winston back? Yeah, people are optimistic because Jameis Winston is his boy, uh, but the matchup's tough. Green Bay is arguably the toughest defense in the league to opposing tight ends. All right. So that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, thanks to both Scott and Tyler from PFF. I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, see you next week, and we out ya.